I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's begin now. All right, let's rock and roll. Live and local, 610 Sports Radio, Nick Price, Dusty Likens. This is Out of Bounds. You just heard Brandon Kiley. What he said about the Chiefs, I would I would recommend you took uh, straight to the heart. You're going to see that tonight. Chiefs in action against another team that doesn't wear red and yellow. Wear orange and black, the Cincinnati Bengals. It's not Bengals, it's Bengals. The Bengals, right? Yeah. I think it's funny when people call them the Bengals. Reminds me of like talking like Lance Harbor from uh, Varsity Blues. You ever seen that movie? I have not. <laughs> Dude, God. I know. I mean, are you surprised though? Not really, but no. Jesus. You haven't I seen Heavyweight. You haven't Whatever. seen Home Alone 2. You haven't seen Varsity Blues. Have you seen Animal House? Yes, yeah, I've seen Animal Grew House. Grew up in a frat house, so right. of course you've seen Animal House. Yeah, like Have you seen every house. American Pie movie? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, but you haven't seen those movies. That's no. awesome. We're off to a great start, Nick Price. We're working on it, man. That's right. I'm We're sure, working on it. I'm sure everybody wants to hear you talk about uh, about microwaving grilled cheeses oh, again. Oh, come on, man. I thought we left this last it. week. I thought we left this last week. You said you like microwaving grilled cheese. I didn't say I like it. I said I've done it. Bengals switched to pink this year. That's not true. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs are back in action tonight. Do we have our normal introduction to our show? Yeah, one second. Oh, my God. I got it right here. I have these notes, but I got to say I'm just fired up to be here today. It's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. damn cool. <laughs> Woo! Woo! That's how everybody should feel right now in Kansas City. I get it. The narrative of preseason sucks. It's four long weeks of not a lot of action. Week one, they play a quarter. According to their coach, they're going to play a drive. Um, spoiler alert. Week two, they get a little bit deeper into the water. Week three, it's on. Week three is actually kind of interesting because you get uh, Jimmy Garoppolo back in Arrowhead where he ended his season last year. I actually was at that game. It really literally reminded me of a Hollywood movie. He was in the locker room. He was like, knee was all shot up. All the players were kind of heartbroken because it was their their captain, so-and-so, uh, to say. Their new uh, hope. That's know? right. Yeah, their uh, uh, Reuben Foster at the time was still there. Now he's not. Um, and then uh, a guy named uh, George Kittle that nobody really knew about at that time and now has exploded onto the scene. I'm sure some people knew who he was, um, but now you know exactly who he is. So we get week three, Niners and Chiefs. Um, week two will be next week. We'll be Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Uh, side note, I will be gone next week. So uh, somebody will be here in my chair. I believe it'll be somebody that you know. Uh, probably, I hope so. Probably Jay Binkley. Um, I bet it'll be Binkley. That's my guess. We'll fun. That's my guess. Yeah, I won't be here next week. I'll be out of town because sometimes I need a vacation. So uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe Binkley will be on for like five hours straight. I'm sure he'd be okay with it. Um, but we are live and local. This is 610 Sports Radio. We do thank you for listening to us. I see tons of cars driving. 
um, on Shawnee Mission Parkway, Metcalf Avenue. I hope you're listening because today is a fun day for Kansas City because you don't have to go to St. Joe to watch this team throw a pigskin around. You don't have to go to St. Joe to see number 15, Rock Your World. You don't have to go to High V and see a sold-out box of cereal and be disappointed. Now, there will be traffic issues because that's been something that they're trying to tell you about because highways are under construction. But let's get to the main narrative and the main point tonight, and that is football is back. Like, you don't have to go home and watch the Royals lose 5-1 to one to the Detroit Tigers, who are actually worse than the Royals. Sorry, but they are. Whit Merrifield last night, I think, had a Little League home run. I think is what they call that. Well, inside the Parker and the whatever you want to call that kind of home run for Whit Merrifield. But tonight, this very might be and should be the most highly anticipated preseason or at least preseason game one in the history of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I think we might see more people out at Arrowhead tonight than we've ever seen in week one of the preseason in franchise history. And here's why I'm going to say this. And I want people to realize where I come from. This is not from a homer or a biased mentality. This is coming from what I've talked about since the start of this summer. Something that I've been telling my boss who continues to disagree with me and I've been right two out of two times. Now I know the scientific method, you got to try it out three times, you got to succeed three times in order to prove that something is accurate. Tonight I believe there will be 55,000 people there. Or at least that's what will be announced with tickets sold. Because season ticket members are accounted for. Now that could be something that goes on to here's how many tickets were sold tonight because Quite frankly, Brandon Kylie has told me this, and I've known this as well, but when you buy season tickets, you are handcuffed to getting the preseason. That right. is just part of your package. Yeah, and your like, family is yeah, also. My, my parents have season tickets. Correct. And so it's like it's the same price across the board, regular right. season and preseason. You get, those, you get those two home games yeah. to start the year. <laughs> Pretty you cool. Just better hope Pretty it's, damn cool. Yeah, you just better hope it's one of them is packaged with, see, with, with preseason game three, which you get this year right. against an NFC contender. Some people might consider him a pretender. I think they're a contender. I believe Garoppolo is 6-2 and two as a starter. Uh, I think he's played in eight total games. George Kittle set the record last year for most catches or most receiving yards by a tight end that Travis Kelsey had previously set. So week three should be really fun. Week one is more so the itch and the I get to go see it myself and I don't have to drive all the way up north to St. Joe. Yeah, you get to get back out at Arrowhead. I mean, I've been talking to some of my friends that You're are going, going to the right? game. Yeah, I'm going to go with my dad's tickets, go check it out. Check out the scene. Talk oh, to people in the parking lot. Oh, your dad was nice enough to give that. up his Chiefs tickets today. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he was like, "Hey, Nick, you can go to the preseason week one there game. That's cool with me." Yeah. But I'm gonna be out there checking out the scene and everything. And I've been talking to some friends. They're heading out there in about an hour. They're leaving what? at one o'clock. So the yeah. gates open at two, right? Yeah. So yeah. they're trying to get there right when the gates God. open and do a solid like five plus hours of tailgating. Go in there, probably watch a quarter of football, and then who knows what's going to happen after that. Are your friends the type that take a grill and food, or are your friends the type that take the claw? Um, we talk of white claws? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, well, When actually, you brawl, you drink the claw. Yeah, ain't no laws, man. When uh, you're on the claw. <laughs> yeah. You got more? No. Uh, come no, on. That, I want that frat boy to come no, out. That, that's pretty much it. It'll oh, come out. God. It'll come out eventually. You're going to be tonight in a Chiefs tanker and a claw. Yeah, that might be Can me. you shave everything but your mustache and then do a Baker video and send it to me? I would do and that. And bite the claw with I one I would tube? do that, yeah. But no, uh, they're uh, they're grill guys. But yeah, there's definitely going to be some White Claws, some Trulies in the mix. I hear that Smirnoff Ice, they've got a little seltzer going on oh, that's pretty good. Oh my God. I don't know. Just people are talking. You're man. a I seltzer guy, aren't you? Uh, I still like beer. 
Well, I this love is beer. Uh, this I, I is still like beer. If we get air checked for this, our boss is going to be pissed because oh, we're completely yeah. derailed. We haven't talked about anything. No, that's fine. We have no. no we so have. training camp, the the opening weekend that was open to the public, fifteen thousand people in attendance. Correct. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, when they signed autographs from quarterbacks and receivers, six thousand people in 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 the congregation. That's what we'll call it. Yeah, the congregation. That's right. Tonight, it's an Arrowhead. I believe school starts for a lot of children. Next week. Right. Parents probably aren't out of town this weekend. Oh, by the way, have you been outside today? Great weather. Mm -hmm. Terrific weather. It's fantastic. People are saying it's nice. There's already people probably lined up at the stadium. Crowd size is going to be tremendous. I love the crowd size. People love the Chiefs. And you're going to see a ton of people just eager to get into the football field. Like the text line says, this feels, in all caps, exactly like the 2015 Royals. Do you agree? Kind of. We've been kind of saying that all year. For a while, yeah. At least the 2014 World Series they got to. So this is where this is at, right? Last year, you had probably one of the most highly rooted for, excited seasons you've ever had because your offense had to score 45 points a game. Mahomes was the MVP. Tyreek Hill finally got his quarterback that couldn't underthrow him. And the team took off. And after about four weeks, when Mahomes had about 15 touchdowns and two interceptions, the world was set on fire with Mahomes' mania. Now, you have a year under his belt. What's different about this team the next year is where we dive in with this. But before we dive into what we're ready to see on the field, we've got to dive into some stuff that might help out you getting to the stadium. And that is, they did an article in the Kansas City Star that basically discussed where there's going to be road construction, where there's going to be stuff going on for the next few years. Some of this might affect different people in different ways. You might have a route to the stadium that's not going to affect you at all, but there's going to be construction on 435, I-70, bridges that will be down, and other things like that. My thing is, Treat this like airports when it was like 2012. Not to bring, or not 2012, but 2002, 2003. Not to bring up a bad time in American history, but you remember after the traumatic experience that happened on September 11th, after the next like five years, if you were flying, you had to get to the airport two hours ahead of time. Now, some people that will tailgate early in the morning, you'll leave the house early. It won't matter. The traffic will be mute and it won't be, it'll be okay. But if you're going to go to the Royals game or the Chiefs game this year, Give yourself two hours in advance. If you don't want to tailgate that early and you don't want to get there until about 9.30, leave your house at 7.30. I'm serious. I don't know how much more complicated it gets, but I just know what traffic's like. I know what 80,000 people looks like in a stadium. And when they're all going to the same place and there's only about four or five ways to get there and two of those ways are clogged with construction, just give yourself some time instead of trying to get angry on the way there. Yeah, you got to give yourself a little bit of bonus time, too, every time right. that you go to Arrowhead because it's not just about what your GPS says of how long it's going to take you to get there, but it's about getting in the parking lot and getting into a parking spot. Correct. So it's always a mess, and they've been trying different things every year to try to make it a little bit smoother. But, right. I mean, like you said, you're fitting 80,000 people, like 50,000 cars plus, into a parking lot. So, once you get off the highway, it's always a little bit of a wait, but like just give yourself an extra little bit, like 30 minutes, 45 minutes or whatever. And if you get out there early, you get to enjoy one of the best tailgating experiences in the NFL. And it's going to feel 
a lot like a regular season game day today in the parking lot, I feel like. You think Binkley's out there with a sandwich or a Big Mac? Uh, definitely a Big Mac. That's right. Um, and then we go into tonight, and I know it's preseason. You're not going to get to see a whole lot of the starters. Andy Reid did say they'll play a quarter. We already said, spoiler alert, they're going to play a drive or two. I personally think the first play of the game is going to be a deep ball down the left-hand side. Brandon Kylie thinks they're going to go two handoffs and a, and a throw and then punt, which is fine. I I respect his decision. I think he's very knowledgeable on the topic. Obviously, he is uh, writing for Mizzou football now. He's also uh, always down at training camp doing one-on-ones. He's around the team more than anybody here other than Pete Sweeney. Um, but one thing that I'm looking at is very vanilla, and that is what the gameplay will be, right? And that is this defense is finally a new defense. They got rid of Bob Sutton, and all we've heard about Nick Price is that this defense has gelled as a group, that they are all on the same page. Now, I know that it's preseason. You're only going to see basic packages. Giggity. But the other thing about that is you're going to see where guys are going to line up on the field in a basic package. You're going to see number 32. You're going to see uh, Juan Thornhill out there as well. You're going to see Kendall Fuller try to play that slot spot. You're going to see maybe not Okafor and Ogba. I don't think they play today just because of injuries. Frank Clark is in question with the wrist. Yeah, I saw so I don't know if we'll see that earlier. But we'll see Chris Jones on the field. And you'll see this defense kind of as themselves and a new look with a new coordinator. And you'll see them as a group. And that's what I'm most excited to see tonight. Also, I'm not going to lie. I'm not trying to steal anything from you. But I'm ready to see McCole Hardman go all the way downfield and just see McCole just get a deep ball from Patrick and maybe he scores or a Gronk spike in the end zone. But now the Kelsey spike. Oh, yeah. I'm ready to see him just fly down the field and everything. I like with the defense, this is just going to be a good opportunity to see the new defense because for the last like six, seven years, the staples on defense have been the same. Justin Houston, Eric Berry, D Derek Johnson, like this is going to be a totally new defense. But for me, I always kind of go into the preseason looking at the new additions to the team. So I'm looking at like the rookies like Hardman and Thornhill and Colin Saunders. And then looking at the Honey Badger, like we said, I don't think Frank Clark's going to play. I saw that he's got a little soreness in his wrist, so they might just sit him out for this one. But I'm basically keeping an eye on all those new guys, especially those young guys, and seeing how they use them. And just really seeing them for the first time in person, that's something that I'm going to be really looking forward to tonight. Well, it's the Chiefs and the Bengals in its preseason game one. You got to watch everybody play Thursday. You got to play a couple teams play last night. Tonight, Kansas City, you get to see your team play tonight. Please, please let there be 55,000-plus people there because I can't wait to let Steven Spector know that, once again, Mr. Likens was correct. Um, from the text line, try the Smirnoff ones last night better than the other two. I'm telling you, man. That guy's got a brawl with the claw. Um, coming up. In 2015, who you think this team feels like? The Royals. Uh, the Royals had a bullpen. Right now, Andy Reid's got his own version of the bullpen or a bullpen by committee. Out of bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. I did a little bit of that when I was in Philadelphia, kind of running back by committee deal, and we had some success with it. Um, we'll do that here. We ended up drafting a kid there also, and, and then... The other Williams isn't bad either. So we got a couple Williamses and then Carlos, and then we've got a, a new little guy in there that, that runs around. So we've got a good nucleus of players. Uh, I, I think we're going to be good at that spot. And they all have their strengths, and we'll, we'll try to exploit their strengths there. That's Andy Reid talking up in St. Joe about the running back by committee. For me, it was a highlight clip this past week that kind of really set the tone to where Andy Reid is going to be moving forward with his running backs. 
Of course, you can hear a lot of training camp talk as they talk normally between 10.30 and 11. Players, coaches, you can always hear that on Show and Vern with Joshua Vernier and Ron the Show Hughley, also Steven Serta. Their confessions on Twitter at the end are quite classic. Uh, as Steven Serta doesn't want to give Dan the Man Jones any credit, just wants to give Dwayne Haskins credit. Steven Serta, I agree with Josh and Ronald on this topic. If you're going to give Baker praise, you got to give Dan the Man Jones praise. He went 5 for 5, 70 plus, and a touchdown. But, anyways, the tease before this was that Andy Reid and Ned Yost both have something that they need that they have to have in clutch moments. Ned Yost would be a bullpen. Andy Reid is a running back by committee. I say a running back by committee because Andy Reid has always, like he said in that clip, he's done this before. He did it in Philadelphia with Deuce Staley and also Brian Westbrook as they were kind of a flash and bang. Um, Brian Westbrook, Westbrook tended to be the feature back, was the main guy in Philadelphia at the time when Andy Reid was there. But I totally agree with this. You do have some depth at running back. Of course, Damian Williams did miss, or we call him D. Willie, did miss some time so far in training camp. And we played Andy Reid live last week from Pete Sweeney, who was up there on Saturday because they didn't have a game. Now, granted, they do have a game today, so they're not there today live. Pete Sweeney enjoys that, but he'll be at Arrowhead probably. And the thing about it is, is that when it comes to this offense, and I think that you'll get a glimpse of it tonight, this offense is going to move. This offense is going to look a lot like an offense ran in college basketball by Roy Williams. It will be a fast up and down the court or up and down the field, try to keep up. If you try to get into a race with them, they'll just outscore you. The best way to default this offense is on your side of the ball. When you get it, if it's your opposing team, run the ball. Take the time out of the clock as much as you can, which is why the Chiefs improve their defensive line, their outside linebacker, and they've got a dog at a safety in Tyron Matthew. That's what they're going to do. They can't afford to let teams take the ball away from Patrick Mahomes for lengths amount of time. So what this team's going to do is they're going to score. They're going to score quick, which is going to cause a lot of people to run out of endurance quickly. And where's that going to run out at? Running backs, because they're not going to run the ball as much as most teams. They're more so knowing that their quarterback has an arm that can complete passes anywhere from five yards to 60 yards, and that window in between is very, very large. Running the ball on first and 10 is effective in New York for the Jets because they have Le'Veon Bell who can get a 4.5-yard average. Well, you have a quarterback whose average last year was 8.9. So a quarterback that can throw the ball with several targets in Watkins, Mahomes has Kelsey, Watkins, and Thornhill, not Thornhill, but Hardman, and also Demarcus Robinson. Oh, by the way, he also has an option in the Williamses and uh, uh, old boy from Cleveland, or the guy that's been around forever. I can't think of his name right now. I want to call him Duke Johnson, but that's not it. I can't think of the other running back they signed in the offseason. He just mentioned it. Um, Carlos Hyde? Carlos Hyde. I yeah. always forget Carlos Hyde's name because I didn't think Carlos Hyde Sorry, was the, the team. The Cleveland thing kind of threw me off because I always think of him as a Niner, but yeah. Yeah. So Carlos Hyde, and if we look at Damian Williams, Damian Williams only started in seven games in his five-year career. He started his career in 2014 with the Miami Dolphins. He ended his career in 2017 with the Miami Dolphins, and then he started his career again back in 2018 with the Kansas City Chiefs. Last year, he started three games. Obviously, the Kareem Hunt thing happened. They needed a new running back. Damian Williams started three games. He started four games in 2017 behind uh, Jay Ajay as he got traded, I believe, to the Eagles, who then went on their Super Bowl run. So he's never really been a starter. 
He's battled injuries. He's never had more than 50 rushes in a year. By the way, that got accomplished last year with his career high in rushing yard, in rushing attempts with 50. He had his career high in rushing yards last year with 256. He also would tie his career high in receptions with 23, and he would have 160 yards in receiving yards. So it would appear that he is more, I guess, he is better at receiving out of the backfield than he is running. So while he says running back committee, we kind of understand who the feature back is. It's going to be Damian Williams because he's just a better catch-receiving running back. In fact, he had a 95.8% catch percentage last year as a running back on a pretty good sample size, 23 receptions for 160 yards, seven yards per reception, two touchdowns, and he tore it up in that fourth quarter against the Patriots in the playoffs. That's his running back, his feature back. But the committee with Carlos Hyde and the other Williams brothers, or not brothers, but the other Williamses, that's what Andy Reid wants to do. That's what Andy Reid wants to sell. My biggest key on this is conflict works. You should allow it. Every guy wants to be chomping at the bit to be behind Patrick Mahomes on that offensive line, ready to go out and make a big play. Because it's an offense, like we said, it's going to run like a Roy Williams offense in college basketball. Fast, electric, high-scoring high opportunities, and a lot of points. That's the best comparison I can give it to you. You watch North Carolina play basketball. You watch KU play basketball from 1989 to 2003. Same type of offense. You had your, you know, your outside guys and your main guy run the middle of the floor. They're going to score. They're going to run. They're going to tell you to keep up. And if you try to keep up with them, they're just going to outdo you. That's just what the Chiefs offense is going to do. And when you have running backs that have different skill sets and you have one who's really strong at pass catching in Damian Williams or D. Willie, that's where you need to have these guys come in because Damian Williams is going to go out. He's going to be running routes. He's going to go out there and try to make plays on his feet with his hands. The other guys, third and one, second and four, whatever it may be, spell him in there for a play action play where you think, oh, Damian Williams is in there. Obviously not going to pass the running back. If they hand it off, they're going to hand it off to him. You fake that. That's where you get the committee. That's how I feel. Now, the comparison that you throw in with Ned Yost is will he make the right call on the right guy? Now, 2015, Ned Yost had one of the easiest jobs in the world because he had one of the best bullpens in the history of the MLB. Andy Reid doesn't have the best backfield in the history of the NFL. In fact, I guess if you got outside of Missouri or Kansas, people would say, okay, I think they had Damian Williams because I play Madden, but I don't know anybody else they have. Hell, I couldn't even think of Carlos Hyde's name four minutes ago. Yeah. That's how bad that is. But in this offense with the leadership and the talent around it, it's going to be up to him to plug the right guy in in the right situation, the right passing play. And who's to say by week four or five, it's just consistent Damian Williams. My only concern is he's only started the most in a career four games. That was in 2017. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing to take from this is him saying running back by committee, uh, Andy Reid saying that, is not a knock on Damian Williams or anything. It's just we haven't seen him do it for a full season. I right. mean, he's only he's started four games, is the highest in his career in 2017 with Miami. So especially at the running back position where you're taking so many hits, it wears you down, man. And if you're out there for 16 games, they're not exactly sure. They're not positive anyway that he can withstand that kind of beating throughout an entire season. So you got to mix these other guys in and you've got a lot of very solid backs back there. You got Carlos Hyde who's proven it. And he's more of like your big, like running down the field kind of guy. Right. And then Daryl Williams looked pretty good in flashes last year. And then Darwin Thompson, they really like him. And also, I mean, Trayvon Smith, they might mix him in a little bit. They moved him to running back for spring training, or not spring training, for training camp. So 
I don't think it's necessarily a knock on Damian Williams, but it's just something that they know that they're going to have to mix these guys in if they want to be able to push for the entire season, keep these guys fresh, keep these guys healthy. And also, they each bring a little bit different skill set. So, like you said, it's going to come down to Andy Reid being able to use it strategically and in the right spots, plugging guys in, play calling, all that kind of stuff, because he's not working with the 2015 Royals bullpen. He's working with the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs backfield, which is solid, but it's not elite or anything. No. And the other thing, too, is that 2017, Damian Williams replaced Jay Ajay. In 2018, he replaced Kareem Hunt. He's never been the guy, and this is one of those years where you thought maybe he would be the guy, but it turns out there's going to be a committee because, quite frankly, in the NFL, you got to go off resume. Pat Mahomes' resume got built last year as a first-year full-time starter. Damian Williams, you want to play a little bit longer than the NFL? You want to show people your worth? Go out there and use this as a confidence builder that there's a committee in the committee by week three or four. We sat down. Talk to Solomon Wilcox. You remember him? Used to be a CBS broadcaster, was a sideline reporter, won an Emmy for it. He's also got an English lit degree. He's going to say some things that uh, might make you upset, but he's also going to say things that uh, you're going to agree with quite great, quite honestly as being true. Solomon Wilcox, next. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Joining us on Out of Bounds currently right now. Solomon, how are you this afternoon? I am doing great and uh, good to be on with you this afternoon. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. I know you're a busy man, got a busy schedule, so we'll get to the the hot points of this interview. You have a tie with the Cincinnati Bengals. Preseason is underway. Chiefs, Bengals, I know not a lot's going to get shown, obviously, in preseason number one, game number one, that is. But my question for you is, is what do you think, as you are a defensive player in your profession, what do you think is the biggest question at cornerback for the Kansas City Chiefs going into this year? Oh, my goodness. You know, if you got to go out on the street and sign Morris Claiborne, who appears to have more lives than, than a cat, um, he, you know, he's one of those guys that's a former first-round pick, so he continued to get opportunities. But I, I can tell you right now, it's not a good sign if that's where you're going. And I was surprised that you guys let a player like Steve Nelson get away because, you know, the Steelers made him one of the highest-paid free agents in franchise history. But yet he wasn't good enough to stay with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think it was he who got that interception. Uh, it would have been a third interception on Tom Brady if D. Ford not had that neutral zone infraction. Um, and that could have ended up being a game winner for the Chiefs. So I thought he was a player that would have been a keeper. But, hey, if Morris Claiborne gets it done for you, then by all means. Talking with Solomon Wilcott. Uh, Solomon, English lit major, Emmy winner before. I didn't know you'd won an Emmy until I did a little bit of research. So as much as you can. Give me what a sideline reporter would think about what Patrick Mahomes could possibly do better this next year than he did last year after passing for 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. What he could do is continue to not just win games, but he's going to have to not make them close. Probably going to have to overcome a defense that should be better, okay, in 2019 than it was a year ago. But he's going to have to outscore the opponent, and most likely that opponent is going to be Tom Brady and it could be at Gillette Stadium this time around. So that's what he's going to have to do this year that he did not do last year. He went 0-2 against Brady one year ago. This year he's got to turn that around. I think a lot of people would agree with that statement. Solomon, also, we have to talk about opponents, right? Because that's who uh, the Chiefs have to play as an opponent in right. preseason week one. The Chiefs play the Cincinnati Bengals. 
what is this year's Bengals look? I mean, I know A.J. Green with a foot injury, but you uh, you bring back uh, a solid running back in Joe Mixon. Andy Dalton's still there. But what do, uh, what do we expect to see from Cincinnati this year? Well, you know they do have a new coach, um, 35-year-old Zach Taylor, who comes over from the Los Angeles Rams. He's going to get same kind of scheme. I think it really fits Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Andy Dalton. A lot of uh, run game, a lot of play-action pass coming off those run looks. Uh, quick, short, intermediate throws, getting the ball out of his hands very quickly. And every now and then taking a shot down the field to the likes of A.J. Green, recently signed to a new contract, uh, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Eifert, talented tight end over the middle of the field. But this offense, uh, no doubt about it, it's going to lean heavily on Joe Mixon, much in the same way the Rams offense has leaned the last few years on Todd Gurley. You can get Joe Mixon to the second level of the defense. It opens up everything else in the passing game. So that's what you look for. If the running game is clicking for the Cincinnati Bengals, then the passing game will follow. If that run game is being shut down like what you saw in the Super Bowl when Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson couldn't run, then that potent offense uh, becomes more impotent, and they tend to not be able to score. Solomon, you were a defensive back in the NFL for a little bit of time. When you play, if you played against a team like this current Chiefs team, who's the scariest person on the field other than the quarterback, which is could possibly be a generational-type talent with looking like that, but other than Mahomes, when you play the Chiefs, who would be somebody that could kind of scare the daylights out of you on the field, metaphorically speaking? I know when you step on the field, you're not scared, but like a scary target <laughs> when it comes to uh, – when it comes to playing this Kansas City Chiefs offense? Well, I don't think it's even close. Tyreek Hill is hes a threat because he's both quick and he's fast and he's explosive. And he would be a difficult guy to cover whether you're man-to-man or whether you're in zone coverage. He can blow the top off zone coverages. Um, the guy can catch it um, behind the line of scrimmage for a quick five-yard catch and turn it into a 50-yard catch and run. He can hit a home run no matter what. They run... Nice little wide receiver screens with them. They run reverses with them. Or they'll bring him around through the backfield, flip it to him, and let him bring it out. I mean, they've got so many ways to get him the ball. That's why it's difficult to keep him from making an impact on the game. Uh, secondly, I love Travis Kelsey. He went to college here at the University of Cincinnati, so we kind of always knew what he brought to the table. I just didn't know if, you know, a lot of the zany things that he does, if that would get in the way of him playing good ball. He seems to be able to, I think, play um, really good football, but he knows how to have fun to it. I love the fact that Andy Reid allows him to, you know, kind of charm everyone with his personality because he's very outgoing. But he is, and I've been saying this the last couple of years, that he's the best tight end in the NFL, not named Rob Gronkowski. Well, with Gronk gone, Chelsea is (laughs) the best tight end in the NFL. I like that. Uh, we like to end these interviews here on uh, Out of Bounds on our show with a little bit of fun. Um, I know in your career you worked with Ian Eagle, but I'm more interested in do you have any classic Kevin Harlan stories? Oh, man, yeah. You know, Kevin is, for one, he's just phenomenal and has the greatest pipes uh, that you're going to find on any NFL announcer. What you need to know about Kevin is that off mic, you're not going to be able to get a whole lot of words out of him. He saves uh, that melodic voice for only when he's on air. If he's not working, 
he's not talking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong, he's a great guy. He he still will call me every now and then in the offseason and we'll we'll talk. Um, he knows I love the NBA as much as he loves the NBA. Um, but he is a guy he just saves his voice. Because you know this, and I know this, he's one of the hardest-working broadcasters ever. Without a doubt. He could do maybe two football games, one for Westwood, one radio on Monday night, after doing the Sunday game during the day. And then Tuesday he's doing another NBA game. Then he's doing the Thursday night football game for Westwood, one. Then he's doing a Friday night NBA game. It does like, like five games in a week. So, I mean, and I get it. You know, he's saving that voice, and rightfully so. He knows what his moneymaker is. The last one is I like to gamble. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people, experts, maybe Vegas, maybe just people trying to create content in the sports world, have the Los Angeles Chargers winning the AFC West. You buy in on that? You know, I really do. Really? And here's why. Uh, yeah, here's why. I, I, I know everybody thinks about the Rivers, Melvin Gore. Look at the defense. They arguably um, have uh, one of the best at every single level of the defense. You know, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, they can rush the passer. These guys are 20 sacks getting off the bus. And their secondary is probably arguably the best secondary in the National Football League. Um, Casey Hayward, arguably one of the best corners. Um, uh, There's no doubt that Derwin James is one of the top two safeties in the National Football League. He can cover. He can blitz the quarterback. He can play man. He can play zone. He's a talented player. And Desmond King is arguably the best slot cornerback in the National Football League. So, to me, when you got that kind of defense and you have a quarterback who can manage games and play with the great efficiency that Phillip Rivers does while also creating explosive plays, yeah, I mean, name me another team within the division that's got all that, and then maybe we can have that conversation. But right now, I'm, I'm buying stock in the charge. Solomon, we appreciate you coming by. It's Saturday night. Uh, we got Chiefs Bengals tonight. I uh, appreciate the time. I know you're busy, man. Take care and uh, be safe out there, my man. And I know the Kansas City Chiefs aren't worried about the Chargers because you guys got all that explosive offense. That's right. But now we got to get a defense to join the party, okay? All right, my man. <laughs> all right. Take care. Thanks for having me. Hey, absolutely. Take care. Solomon Wilcox uh, joining us. There's some things we need to talk about, and I get it. Text line, calm down. It was Ward that got the interception. It got called back. Not Steve Nelson, but no need to name call him. He was nice enough to join our show today on Out of Bounds, and we will dissect three things that we found interesting that Solomon had to say after this. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. I mean, that's got to get you excited. The Therese Paler Show returning this fall. Last year it was great. I'm not biased. Kind of. I produced that show last year. Every hour from 6 to 7, I enjoyed listening to that hour. It was Show and Vern with Therese Paler. They'd go through all these different spots in Kansas City. And Therese, senior writer for Yahoo Sports, been on the show, friend of the show, friend of ours. Um, Always seems to give the truth and in a way that is uh, very enlightening to the average listener and what you might have seen in the previous night on Sunday nights. If the game is on Mondays, normally he would be on uh, Tuesdays. Therese Paler returning in the fall. 
Binkley rushing the field Thursday nights. All college basketball, and Binkley has let me know that he will have a guest with him every single week, and it's somebody who used to be a coach for a local school. Jay Binkley will be here tomorrow, 10 to noon, I believe. Actually, that's a lie. He'll be here 10 to 11. Cody Tapp's pregame show will start at 11 in tonight. Cody Tapp will get you started as well at, I believe, what, 5 o'clock? 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock tonight on uh, 610 Sports Radio. So after us, you'll get overtime for an hour, and then the the Royals will debunk live and local as they will go straight into the pregame of Tigers and Royals. And then you get your Kansas City Chiefs tonight um, for the first time ever. Uh, in the 2000, not the first time ever in 2019, but the new season of the 2019 and 20 season, where it will be the Chiefs versus the Bengals in Arrowhead preseason game number one. Andy Reid has stated that the starters will play the first quarter. At least Trav or at least Patrick Mahomes will get the first quarter. Uh, then uh, Chad Henney, then Chase Litton. We'll see. Just did the Solomon Wilcots interview. Solomon Wilcots obviously used to do an announcing gig on CBS. He was a sideline reporter and won an Emmy for that. By the way. I don't believe he's an idiot, text line. Maybe he just got his guys mixed up with certain people. So Maybe, maybe he just misremembered something from seven months ago. Yeah, no need to call him an idiot. Come on. But uh, I thought he said three things very, very intriguing in that little nine-minute interview. One on was how Mahomes can improve. What he could do is continue to not just win games, but he's going to have to not make them close. Probably going to have to overcome a defense that should be better okay, in 2019 than it was a year ago. But he's going to have to outscore the opponent, and most likely that opponent is going to be Tom Brady, and it could be at Gillette Stadium this time around. So that's what he's going to have to do this year that he did not do last year. He went 0-2 against Brady one year ago. This year he's got to turn that around. So he's not wrong because if you beat Tom Brady in New England in this regular season – the rest of the season plays out differently because you have one more win on your belt. You don't necessarily have to win that Baltimore game at home and heave a ball on fourth and nine. That's nor here nor there because that's hindsight. But the most important part is you got to beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. That's what everybody's tried to do. That's what's going to make him different than everybody else. 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, Nick Price is awesome. It doesn't mean anything if you're not playing for a substantial title if you don't collect a title and you don't get yourself on the Sunday that is an unofficial holiday of Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, and this is something that everybody in the NFL has been trying to do for the past 15 years is dethrone Tom Brady and the Patriots. And that's ultimately what this season will be defined as or measured by is can the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes take the next step and beat Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? Like, I don't care if he throws 50 touchdowns again. He's no. done in his career. It's only been done twice before by two quarterbacks that are – Easily Hall of Fame members, one of which is considered the best of all time. The other one is, in some people's books, considered the second best of all time. Yeah, top three. At least. I mean, I'll listen to... No, I won't. I would say that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are probably the two... I will say they're the two best quarterbacks of all time. I agree with that. John Elway's up there. Brett Favre's up there. Joe Montana's up there. Joe Montana's up there. You can do your top five any other time. I'm sure Levine's list will come out with the top 10 best quarterbacks yeah, of all top time. Top10s.com. Something like that. Which you can hear Sean Levine every Monday through Friday with Carrington Harrison on the drive with Brandon Kylie, 2 to 6 here on 610 Sports Radio. The other thing I thought was favorite some towards your Chiefs in Kansas City for you fans listening live and local on 610 Sports Radio today is the fact that he is declaring who the best tight end is in the National Football League. I love Travis Kelsey. 
he went to college here at the University of Cincinnati, so we kind of always knew what he brought to the table. I just didn't know if, you know, a lot of the zany things that he does, if that would get in the way of him playing good ball. He seems to be able to, I think, play um, really good football, but he knows how to have fun to it. I love the fact that Andy Reid allows him to, you know, kind of charm everyone with his personality because he's very outgoing, but he is, and I've been saying this the last couple of years, that he's the best tight end in the NFL not named Rob Gronkowski. Well, with Gronk gone, Kelsey is the best tight end in the NFL. I like how he ended that. He is mm-hmm. <laughs> the best mm-hmm. tight end in football. Like, yeah, he's right. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I, that's 100% accurate. I don't think there is a better tight end in football than Travis Kelsey. But the most important thing that I thought was interesting is the fact that he said, I like how Andy Reid has let him be that personality. I don't really think Andy Reid had a choice. No. When it comes to Travis Kelsey, who is, you know, very colorful, uh, very um, modulated when it comes to his actions, but I think that there is a way in which I think Andy and Travis got together, and I think they came to a comparison or a uh, a uh, compromise on how they were going to do it. He knew Travis Kelsey is a type one personality, leader in the clubhouse, or the locker room, very, very social media drawn, very attractive person, reality show, went to somebody's wedding, chugged some brews at the Final Four. That's Travis Kelsey. What he didn't want Travis Kelsey to be was a nuisance on the field. We've talked about this before. Travis Kelsey's no longer a nuisance on the field. He's not causing his team penalties. He's not being over-anxious on a call that might not go his way. He knows what the situation is. He now knows he's the best tight end in football. You have sideline reporters and color commentators saying he's the best tight end in football. I think it's obvious that he is the best tight end in football. And this is going to be one of those years where it's like, hey, we know what we're up against. We know what we want to get. And we know what we're after. That's what we're going to do. And Travis Kelsey's all about that. Is he going to be the guy that's going to dance? He's going to shimmy? He's going to do it? Yes, but in the right situation because that's what he's about. I think that we've seen Travis Kelsey kind of mature in that way too as his focus and this team's focus has shifted onto not just like let's make the playoffs or let's go out there and have a good season, but let's go win the Super Bowl. When something like that comes down on you as a team, that will shift your focus and make you just be way more serious and way more locked in about things. And he knows that he can go out there and have his fun and show off his personality, but only in the right times and only in times that aren't going to hurt his team. Yeah, and when the Chiefs win it, if the if and when the Chiefs win a Super Bowl, who do you think is going to be the most exciting person to watch in the parade and the parties? Oh my God, it's going to be Travis Kelsey. Who was it when the Eagles won the Super Bowl? It was his brother, dressed up as a jester, <laughs> shirtless with all the right. hair in the world all over his chest, back, neck, ears, and arms. He also does have a very similar personality to Rob Gronkowski, maybe Correct. like a little bit. I don't know, like very similar, you know, kind of party guys, always in the spotlight, always really fun guys and everything. And who's been the star of the Patriots parades every time that they have them? Gronk. Yep. Yep. Also, winning a title will help him be able to get over that hump of, oh, well, he's just too much. Right. Which I think there are some fans that think Travis Kelsey might be too much. I like that Solomon Wilcott said, you know what? I'm okay with him being this way, and I'm glad that Andy Reid lets him be that way because I am. Because I do believe that you do need your dog, your seriousness when it comes to the team, but you also need that icebreaker of a guy who you're like, oh, that's just the fool. That's just who he is. One thing that I didn't like, that I didn't care for, is the fact that he's taking the Chargers over the Chiefs. You know, I really do. Really? And here's why. Uh, yeah, here's why. I, I, I know everybody thinks about the Rivers, Melvin Gordon. Look at the defense. 
they arguably um, have uh, one of the best at every single level of the defense. You know, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, they can rush the passer. These guys are 20 sacks getting off the bus. And their secondary is probably arguably the best secondary in the National Football League. Um, Casey Hayward, arguably one of the best corners. Um, uh, there's no doubt that Derwin James is one of the top two safeties in the National Football League. He can cover, he can blitz the quarterback, he can play man, he can play zone. He's a talented player. And Desmond King is arguably the best slot cornerback in the National Football League. So, to me, when you got that kind of defense and you have a quarterback who can manage games and play with the great efficiency that Philip Rivers does while also creating explosive plays, yeah, I mean, name me another team within the division that's got all that, and then maybe we can have that conversation. But right now, I'm, I'm buying stock in the Chargers. And that's fine. Solomon, you can buy stock all you want in the Chargers, but they don't have everybody there. And what do we talk about in the first segment? Oh, we haven't talked about that yet. We will talk about it in a later, later segment about another team that people have ahead of the Chiefs in a different situation. They don't have Melvin Gordon. They have Austin Eckler. I understand that. They have Keenan Allen, who has only played, what, one full season of health? And they have a quarterback that is aging. I'm excited to see what Phillip Rivers' arm is going to look like. Because I saw what Peyton Manning's looked like when he got older after he had that long last run with the Denver Broncos. And then you started watching that other preseason game the following year. And you're like, either Peyton's just lollygagging around or he literally has lost 20 yards on his shoulder. I'm interested to see where Phillip Rivers is with that. Now, he does have a unorthodox throw to where he kind of throws a three-quarter style way that just drives me insane. But I don't buy the Chargers. I do think their defense is good. Darwin James, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, very, very, very good. But the Chiefs offensive line has Mitchell Schwartz on the right side, and you have a Eric Fisher who's just been getting the absolute snot beat out of him by Frank Clark, which is going to pay off. I think their defense is good, but I don't think that it is that much better than the Chiefs currently. Pete Sweeney was on here last week saying that the Chiefs should fall anywhere from 10 to 20 when it comes to total defense. I agree with that. If that's the case and you throw the Chiefs offense, the Chiefs offense is that much better than the Charger defense. That's my only say on that. Yeah, was the Chargers defense historic last year? No. Was the Chiefs offense historic last year? Yes. And it's basically the exact same, and you've added a couple other guys on there. So I also think that a lot of the national people that always hype up the Chargers before the season over the last few years forget about one thing, and that's Andy Reid and how much he owns the AFC West. He ain't lying there. Three years in a row, they've ran it, and the Chiefs also have the most, the second-highest consistent playoff consecutive streak in four, only under the Patriots, who are an anomaly with 10 straight playoff appearances. You get to the playoffs because you build your team around a certain person. We all know Brett Veach spoke to the ringer and had that great article. I took away something differently that you might not have heard in the past couple days on 610 Sports Radio. What he said, well, the NFL may have its new version of LeBron James already, according to the GM. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 